we got to talk about Frank Reich as the Indianapolis Colts coach. Is he a force for good, or is he one of the reasons that the Colts have kind of struggled to get to the postseason, at least in two of the four seasons he's been the head coach? Need to talk about that. We also need to talk about the NBA a little bit. There's some annoying aspects to the NBA I just can't get past. Kyrie Irving, John Wall, two of the biggest offenders. My goodness, the Cubs, they're playing tonight against Cincinnati. Jed Hoyers spoke to fans yesterday. My God, we'll talk about that a little bit. And Indiana, another terrific non-conference game on the schedule. They're going to take on Xavier in the Gavit games. We'll talk a little bit about Indiana basketball. This is Breakfast with Ken on a chilly morning in central Indiana. It is Tuesday, June 28, 2022. We're brought to you by the great people at Johnson's Plumbing. Give Jared Johnson a call. He is a genius when it comes to matching a solution with a problem. 765-610-8809. The number, smash that subscribe button. Hit the like button. We're looking for 200 likes this morning. 200! That means you got to hit the like button. And, you know what, if you want to donate, that's a nice thing, too. We appreciate it. Uh, let's talk about Frank Reich. All right, there are things that Frank Reich is known for, and there there is weight put upon Frank Reich for different aspects of the Colts, either success or failure. But the failures tend to stick with a head coach at a higher level than the successes. So let's talk about what we see as perceived failures of Frank Reich. It's interesting. And and the news is really pretty good overall for Frank Reich until you get to the fourth quarter last year in 2021. Did some work, crunched numbers, just like Frank Reich likes to do. He loves analytics. It's a strong go. Whee! Strong go. Okay. No. Sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. Are you more likely to win a game because you kind of indulge in a strong go or lose a game when you indulge in one and you fail. So, love IU schedules so far. The Don 534, absolutely right. Thank you for the donation. Let's talk about uh, Reich. Reich takes a lot of blame for the loss to the Ravens and the loss to the Titans, both those games in overtime. Blankenship, not really his fault, he was injured. But it's his fault that the Colts lost that game to the Ravens. Yeah, the Colts had a big lead, uh, but Blankenship missed an extra point, missed two field goal attempts from makeable distances. You know what? He makes those. All of a sudden, the Colts win that game and likely go to the playoffs. Although, you know what? It's hard to say what would have happened the rest of the season as a result of that uh, Ravens loss. Then you got the Titans game. I assign blame for that, not to Reich, but to Wentz. And I get it. There was a fourth and three on the Titans 40. Colts are up 14-0. Instead of punting the football and trying to, with uh, uh, with Rigoberto Sanchez, punting the ball and pinning the Titans deep in their own territory and making it difficult for them, to get out of that hole. Fourth and three from the 40. The Colts go for it. They don't get there. And as a result, the Titans 
They move the ball in the other direction with speed and alacrity, and all of a sudden it's 14-7. That was a big deal. That was a turning point in that game. I don't care what analytics say. You've got to play the momentum. That I blame Frank Reich for. That was a mistake in the moment. At that moment, I yelled at the TV and said, what are you doing? What is going on? Uh, actually, I was at the game. So I yelled at him in person. Uh, he also played Marlon Mack when Taylor was rolling a little bit and then went through that dumbass interception at, at the Colts' own eight that went for a pick six and completely changed the game. That's what Carson Wentz does. And, and it, we blame, to an extent, and correctly so, Frank Reich for Carson Wentz. Here's a quote from Frank Reich last year when Carson Wentz was dealt for. Not when he was dealt to Washington, but when the Colts traded for Carson Wentz. Uh, I'm willing to put it on the line for players I believe in. I believe in Carson, so yeah, I feel good about it. I don't mind being the point person on that. Well, really? I think you do now. And uh, by the way, the commanders, they, they say they have seen what they wanted in Wentz. A strong arm, the work ethic, the brains. This is exactly the same thing the Colts said last year. It, this is, I don't think it's going to be funny because we shouldn't root for anybody to fail. But is this so predictable? We know what Carson Wentz is going to be for the Commanders, right? He's going to look really good in games like Carson Wentz did against the Ravens. He was really good in that game. And then he's going to do something that's completely screwy, and he's going to wreck it all. <clears throat> like that interception, that pick six against the Titans. Uh, fourth, fourth down conversions for Reich. He takes a lot of heat for these because sometimes he misses. And sometimes, like that fourth and three from the Titans' 40, he's going to go for it when really the right thing to do in the moment because of the momentum of the game, not because of the analytics, but the momentum of the game is to punt the damn football and pin the Titans inside their own 10 and, and give your defense a really good chance to stop them. Right? Analytics may have said one thing, but football acumen said another thing in that moment and it might have cost the Colts the season and a chance to win the AFC South. But let's talk about fourth, uh, fourth down conversions overall. The Colts, number six in the NFL. 32 teams in the NFL, so they're in the upper quartile. The upper 20, 25% of NFL teams in terms of fourth down conversion success rate, 62.07%. They were 18 of 29. The 29 attempts... Tied for eighth in the NFL. The 18 conversions tied for third in the NFL. They were number 12 in third down conversions at 41%. So not bad stuff for the Colts in converting fourth downs. It's just that when you don't convert, the penalty is so serious. Some analytics, if we're uh, one and four after the first five games, Frank Reich will be a strong go. They better not be one and four. And they really better not be one and one. Right, You better be 2-0 playing both Houston and Jacksonville on the road. If you wind up in those two games 0-2, man, we are going to know early, early, early what this team is going to be. If they're 2-0, you feel great. If they're 0-2, it is death for this team with 15 games remaining. This season could spin out of control in a hurry. Or 
it could spin toward the good in a hurry. I think Matt Ryan is going to be significantly better than Carson Wentz. He isn't going to make those dumbass plays that wind up costing you one or two games this upcoming season, and because of that, losing your spot in the playoffs. Um, in the fourth quarter, all right, here's where games are won and lost in the NFL. And, and the Colts were outscored 11 times in the fourth quarter. And by the way, thank you very much for the donation. Uh, outscored 11 times. They were 5-11-1 in fourth quarters this past year. They never scored more than 10 points. They allowed more than 10 points five times. They were outscored in the aggregate 151-107. to 107. That is not good. And they lost games because of that. I mean, there were some games like the game against the Jets where they were outscored significantly in the fourth quarter. However, it had no effect on the, on the outcome of the game. That happens. But in the fourth quarter, I, and is that Reich? Is that Eberflus? How much responsibility are we willing, do we need to put on Reich's shoulders for the performance of the defense in these games? The defense with Eberflus would perpetuate drives, opponent drives, in order to increase the chance of turnovers moving forward. That's not a recipe for success. Matt Eberflus may think that that's just genius football. It's not. Uh, Jeffrey Shepard says, uh, let's hope for three and one record going into week five matchup. Thanks for what you do, Kent. Go Colts, go Hoosiers. Yes, thank you for the donation. And you're exactly right. Got to get off to the good start. That If you play AFC competition, right? AFC competition in the first seven games. And AFC South competition in five of those first seven games, you've got to get off to a great start. If you don't, the season ends early. Um, Reich has got to get it together in the fourth quarter. And again, uh, some of that is borne by Eberflus. Hopefully, Gus Bradley, and he will be. He's going to be much better as a defensive coordinator, and the Colts are going to put much more pressure on opposing quarterbacks. And because of that, good things are going to happen. They are not going to generate 33 turnovers, but punts are turnovers too. Don't deny yourself the opportunity to earn a punt and get your defense off the damn field just because you're trying to get to 40 turnovers. What are you doing? Bears fans are going to go crazy when they see what Matt Eberflus does. They are going to lose their minds. Um, let's talk, uh, I want to talk just, uh, well, Indiana. Let's talk about Indiana first because I love the non-conference schedule that Indiana is putting together. Indiana is going to travel to Cincinnati to play Xavier in the Gavit games. That's wonderful. They are going to travel to Kansas to play the Jayhawks, go to Allen Fieldhouse. They are going to host, which is phenomenal, they're going to host uh, UNC in the ACC Big Ten Challenge, and they're going to go to Vegas to play Arizona. That is a righteous non-conference schedule. You know, gone are the days of LIU Brooklyn, and they're still going to play some cupcakes. That's okay. You know, in the aggregate, cupcakes are not necessarily bad. But you, you have to intersperse quality opponents in there somehow or another. Tom Crean was infamous for putting together non-conference runs of, you know, just 
like I said, LIU Brooklyn and College of Charleston and, you know, my God, Mississippi Valley State and Texas Houston Baptist. Wow. It was never ending with Tom Crean. Mike Woodson's going to go play people and he's going to recruit people who can compete successfully against them. And I love it. The NBA has got an optics problem. I like the NBA. I like professional basketball. It's fun to watch. These guys are exceptionally good. And, and the athleticism is outstanding. But you've got guys generating headlines in the NBA all over SportsCenter day after day after day who put themselves not only ahead of their team but ahead of society in a way that is nauseating to a, a significant segment of fans. Kyrie Irving, one of those, Kyrie Irving, opted in to his $36.5 million player option to stay with the Nets. The Nets were hoping for something different, I believe. Um, so he played 29 games last year, and he said this in social media, normal people keep the world going, but those who dare to be different lead us into tomorrow. That's not true. A very small segment of those who dare to be different lead us into tomorrow. The majority of people who dare to be different are nuts, and they do screwy things, and they do not reflect society well, and they do not impact society well. Kyrie Irving played 29 games last year, earned a ton of money. Why anybody thinks this year is going to be different, and I understand he's going to be a free agent after this coming season, and so he's going to want to earn his long-term deal. Is this really the way we want society to work? How about John Wall? Let's talk about John Wall for a minute. John Wall negotiated a $41 million buyout of his contract. He played a total of 40 games for the Rockets. 40 games in one season. His contract was for $171 million. He's going to net $165 of million of those dollars 165 million for playing 40 games it's more than four million dollars a game and he negotiated the buyout because he wants to play for the clippers who had Kyra, or, uh, Kawhi leonard who didn't play last year and paul george who kind of plays when he wants to what the hell kind of a team is this what is steve balmer doing as the owner of the clippers signing john wall a pox upon him and his franchise. At least it makes it easy to root against these teams with absolute utter wingnuts doing wingnut things and stuffing their pockets filled with cash during a time of 8% inflation and people trying to figure out how the hell they're going to eat. The NBA, an optics problem, and it's a big problem. Cubs at Reds, to, or, uh, uh, Reds at Cubs tonight, 8.05. You got Castillo against Thompson. Jed Hoyer spoke to the media yesterday, and my God, who can listen? Like, I tried to listen. He is, he makes Frank Reich sound riveting and honest. It's ridiculous. Jed Hoyer's terrible. The money will be there when we need it. Well, when the hell are you going to need it? 2027? You got a bunch of teenagers you got in, in return for you know, Rizzo and Bryant and Baez and on and on and on. And you're going to trade Contreras and you're going to trade Robertson. And who you got? Who's going to win games? Lower your ticket prices if you're going to put a garbage team on the field. 
Uh, let's celebrate some birthdays. Great Ryan Harris celebrating a birthday. Happy birthday to Ryan. Lonnie Ford, Sukon Trammell, who used to untie my, tuna, uh, my shoelaces when they got knotted when we were in grade school. Uh, John Krull, great journalist celebrating a birthday. Chris Phillips, Neil Sharon, Chris Morris, a wonderful journalist in New Albany, Indiana. Uh, retired now, I think, which is impossible to even consider. We played soccer together in high school. How the hell can he be retired? If today's your birthday, you celebrate like hell. If it's not your birthday, you celebrate somebody else that's best done with an honest and specific compliment. Later today, what are we doing? We're talking sports, baby. It's what we do all day, every day. I give you nuggets. You get nowhere else. It's, it is simply what we do. Talk to you a little bit later today.